Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Many of you will be familiar with the name Elio Pace, or Elio Pace, as he's been appearing on our screens, radios and stages since the 1980s. Elio started singing and playing the piano at the age of four at his home in Surrey. And from this very young age, his musical talent was very, very apparent. He appeared on the TV show, BBC TV show, Bob Says Opportunity Knocked, many of you will remember it, in 1988, singing and playing his own material and reached the final. This led to several primetime TV appearances on shows presented by the likes of Terry Wogan, Michael Barrymore and Les Dawson, to name but a few. His musical career continued to grow over the following decades, during which time he took to the stage to perform and was a musical director on a number of musical productions, including Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, West Side Story and Dancing in the Street, again, to name but a few. His achievements do not end there. He formed the Elio Pace Band in 1993, became a band member to both Shaking Stevens and Susie Quatra in 2004, and he's toured with his Elio Pace Plays the Billy Joel Songbook since 2014. A dear, dear friend. And let's just, let's put this into perspective. No one, not one single guest, Elio, has ever received over 180 emails asking for you to come back on the show. I am so blown away by that. I, I really am. And I'm so grateful. And thank you to everyone that wrote in. And thank you, Sandra, for having me back. Because you, you are, it's because you're a nice bloke and you're really, really talented and you're really real. And uh, buongiorno, amico mio. So, buongiorno. Here we go. Here <laughs> we go. So, uh, we said Thank at the you. top of the show that we were going to wing it today, but we we won the last one, didn't we? We, absolutely, we won it away. We didn't did, we? and they're yeah. always the best, aren't they? Yeah. So it's two mates down the pub but having me, a bit of a chat. It is, and that's listen. As I said before in the last one, I'll say it again. I'm so happy to be here with you because the way you set this up what it is you want to know, what it is you're doing this whole podcast for, Sandra, with everyone you talk to, appeals to people like myself. It's such a privilege to be here, to be able to explain a little bit about my life in a way that doesn't feel like we have the news coming up or the traffic and the travel. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, back. bless you, bless you. And I'm particularly excited. People don't need to know this, but we're going for lunch afterwards. So <laughs> I get are. to spend even more time in your company, which is terrific. That's Unfortunately, nice. folks, for those listening, you only get half an hour of this great man. Um, so I'm going to ask you a few questions that have been posed on email. Okay. Uh, and to remind those people listening, if you want to send emails, you can't interact with Elio Nags. We're in a studio in London. But if you want to send emails, keep those coming. Uh, hello at sandraspodcast.com. So great to hear from you. One of the things that uh, a number of our uh, listeners wanted to know, Elio, was your daily routine. And I don't mean moisturising. So what? <laughs> how does a, as a great guy with all your talent and all the things you do, what, what, what is a typical day if there is such a thing as a typical day? What does it look like? Um, there are, I would say, I'm not going to make this a long-winded answer, but it, it, there is never one typical day. As a self-employed musician, it, it is different every single day. Yesterday, I woke up to my manager having left 15 messages for me saying, call me, call me, call me, call me. I was in meetings. I was doing stuff. I was, you know, um, uh, with gigs. Uh, and then immediately from that, 
the whole, the next three or four hours takes a whole shape where you go, right, I have to organize, I've got to contact the band. I've got to contact a, 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 a designer of a poster. Actually, I've got to source the photograph that this guy wanted. So things, the morning before that, was a nice lie-in uh, because I went to see Book of Mormon the night before. That's an experience, you know, isn't it? It's, it's, in, it's a massive experience, but uh, actually one of the best musicals I've ever seen. Um, but I went not only because, you know, I, I enjoy seeing other people, I, you know, it's 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 work-related. I'm thinking about writing my, uh, my next album of my own material. So I like to draw inspiration from great, great people. I saw Frozen 2 recently, which was also the most amazing work of art as a, as a movie and everything. My daily routine basically is getting up and dealing with what's happened overnight. I send a lot of emails at nighttime to different parts of the world, which means that when I wake up, they've responded, mm. which sets me off with a, with a cup of my tea, uh, with my bowl of um, porridge. And I'm sitting there, sometimes in my dressing gown in front of the computer, dealing with all of that. The phone doesn't stop ringing from, from the minute I wake up for a good three or four hours. Then it dies off in the afternoon, at which point I can chill a bit. Then I can think about, oh, do you know what? I need to eat something. So um, let's go shopping. Let's go and get something to eat. Um, it's it's a As a self-employed person, and it doesn't matter whether you're a bricklayer or a musician, that phone, that con connectivity with the outside world is so crucial. You know, um, I do have downtime. I make sure that the phone, you know, goes on to do not disturb at a certain time every night. Um, and, you know, I sometimes feel, you know, if I'm going to miss the call, I'm going to miss the call, but I have to sleep. I want to sleep and I want to sit and chill and do certain other things. Phone, uh, do not disturb function. You must point that one out to me. Oh. <laughs> if only. <laughs> oh, no, I, I insist on at certain a time of day, even if people are texting me, I don't want to hear or see it. I will check it in the next half hour. Oh, somebody's emailed me at 11.15 at night. What's that? Okay, I will deal with that tomorrow. You know, or actually they need to know that. Now they're obviously still up. I'll respond. Mm. But it's not bing, bing, ding, ting, bong, yeah. mm. It's not all that all night long. It's lovely to switch all that off. At some point of the day, I try to put my hands on a keyboard, my piano in the corner of the room that's sitting there going, play me, play me. Unfortunately, as a self-employed person, it's unbelievable how little I actually sit and play the piano, uh, how little, unless, and, you know, or, or write arrangements, let alone have time, a good period of time to write a song or three. Those things have to happen. You have to book that in. I'm going like I'm going away for three or four weeks and I'm going to get a place in Scotland and I'm going to go up there and I'm going to bring my keyboard and everyone knows I'm going away to write. Or I'm going to go, do you know what? That's all good. That's sorted. Could you sort that for me? Great. Phone is off, switched off. I will sit at the piano for, you know, a couple of hours doing my thing, just playing, seeing what happens or practicing something I need to learn. So it's there isn't one definite routine. May, some people would say, mm, that's a mistake, Mr. Pace. You know, the routine is good, getting up at the same time every day. But you can't. I, I can't. I'm traveling next week across the world. My body clock will be all over the place. I've got a show to do, uh, you know, uh, with a 12-hour time difference. And it will be like gigging at 4 o'clock in the morning. That's not good. You know, it's, it's as a self-employed person, um, I, I, you know, even, even bricklayers, you know, 
have a little bit of routine. But a musician, it's so because mm. you just never know when the when the inspiration might come, or when you might have an, oh, I've just had the, I've just worked out where it is we need to gig next day, or what show it. What I I now know, and you've got to make time instantly to act upon that. So there isn't ever a standard day as a gigging self-employed musician. Mm. And along the way, Elio, have you? Have you developed this? Is it a mantra or philosophy of yours? Because I know we're all under increasing pressure to answer the phone, to respond to the email. Yeah. Have you kind of made it uh, you know, a self-imposed rule that you do just compartmentalise a little bit and take some time out for you? I mean, clearly when you're in creative mode and you're composing, you can't be answering the phone every no, five minutes. You can't. And, you lit- and it is tough because guaranteed if I switch that phone off, in the middle of the day, let's say I'm going, I'm going to have some soup. And then at Harpas one, I'm going to switch that phone off until 5.30 because I've got to get this done. It's got to be dropboxed over by tonight. Guarantee, by the time I switch that phone on at 5.30, I've got 70 notifications I need to deal with. Mm. Whether it's, and this, and then the social media thing as well. You know, I mean, I've, I've had to change my whole social media life. Because I know it's very important to c- communicate and in this day and age, I think it's an amazing tool. But my God, you could get swamped in mm. that, you know, if you're not careful, if you've got other stuff. So um, finding that balance, I don't even think I've found it completely to do with work and uh, rest. Uh, I don't think I've got it absolutely right, but I've certainly learned to delegate. I now have wonderful manager, Pete Jenkins, who deals with all the booking and the touring and the contracts. Sandra looks after all my, uh, my sister Sandra looks after all my money and the tax and the, and the VAT. And um, so that's such an incredible relief, you know. And I also have help from, you know, my own girlfriend, Amy, who's an artist in her own right. She helps out. My other sister, Giuseppina, every so often will take something off my shoulders just to make it easier because it is, I'm a small little company, mm. you know, I'm a little, I don't have 80 people working for me, you know, so I'm not Brian May, you know, um, who's, who can concentrate fully on whatever he believes in because he has 15 people, somebody cleaning the house, somebody running the studio, somebody making sure the car stopped up with petrol. Mm. That's not my life. I'm just... I'm, but there's a parallel there, isn't there? Because what you're saying to me, Elio, is you're concentrating on doing what you do best and not yeah. allowing yourself to be distracted by all the other stuff that Trying goes on. Trying as hard as possible for mm. it not to distract yeah. me. But it is tough when you're a small industry with, you know, with small resources, small budgets. You know, we're not multi-million pound uh, company. We're doing well, uh, but, but you know, I don't employ 17 people to help mm. me out daily, mm. you know. So, I'm, uh, I'm loving this conversation because this is the first time, I think you're in the second guest where we've had a two-parter, the other one being Sam Allardyce, oh, wow. ex-England football manager. Oh, wow. So you are in esteemed company. Um, and what I love about this is that all the questions today are all from from listeners right. um, who've been bombarded. But we want to find out about this. Tell us about that. So, um, Brilliant. Is there anything that you've done in your life, Elio, career or otherwise, that you'd do differently if you had your time again? Hmm. I had that one quite a few from quite a few people actually. Is there anything I would do differently? Have you just enjoyed the journey, warts and all? Um, things uh, go right, things go wrong. Or if you had your time again, would you kind of would you look at things a different way? Would you take a different approach? Would you? No, no, no. I wouldn't. 
because that's, that's such a hypothetical question because it's like, would I come, if I had my time again, would I be the same person? Would I have been brought up by the same people? Would I have had the best friends that I have to shape me? Mm. Every one of you, including you, Sandra, you're you're a reflection of who I am. I've, you're, you lot are lined up side by side in front of me like a mirror. Those are That's who I am, you, him, her, them. So I don't think I'd be a different person. And from a very young age, I really, I sort of really knew, I spoke about it last time when I said that, you know, when I was four years old, five years old in, on stage singing that first song, mm. I knew the band weren't playing it right. I knew that if we had some time, this would need to be fixed. I didn't know what was wrong at five. I just knew it wasn't right. I mean, I have always, you know, when I did Opportunity Knocks, when I was 20 years old, <clears throat> I knew then that even though I was young, naive, thin with hair, I, I knew that there were things that I was being pushed into that I did not want to do. And even at 20 and 21, I was like, I don't want to do that. What do you mean you don't want to do that? And you want to sign a record deal with Ronco Records. I don't want to sign a deal with Ronco Records singing Elio Pace does the best of Nat King Cole. Really? No. Okay. And at 21, even at 21, I knew that's not what I want to do. A lot of people, you know, it's tempting, but a lot of people still would have gone, oh, it's a record deal. I'm going to be on telly. Mm. You know, my, my, I'm going to walk into Woolworths and there's my record. That didn't bother me at all. I was like, no, I've just, I've just won opportunity not singing my own song. Why would I want to sign a record deal with Telstar, whoever it was? It was one of those sort of record labels. Winner of Opportunity Knox sings the songs of Chuck Berry or Nat King Cole. And I knew I wouldn't have any control over any of it. With the, but the band would have been booked for me, the studio, the time. You, you ran out of time. Now we've run out of money. So the album would never be like I want it to be. So I said no. Um, I, I truly, I, I, my mantra, I can't remember whether I said this before, but to regret the things you do rather than the things you didn't do. Mm. So right now at 50, almost 52 years old, I can look back and say, I don't really regret anything. You know, not professionally anyway, you know, not, not, I, I feel I've, I've always had a handle on what's right and what suits me. Mm. I've, I've been offered <clears throat> so much money to go and do jobs, musical jobs that would have, had me with four houses in Weybridge and a Rolls Royce and a Jag and 80 people working for me. I didn't want it. I didn't want it because I didn't want to do that job. I'm not going to embarrass anybody by saying what it was, but there was, there was quite, there's maybe two or three times in my life I've been handed, you know, some, some, uh, a nice opportunity to a lot of people on a plate mm. and I've turned it down at the highest level. Um, because that's not what drives me. And that says a lot about you as a person. We all we all know that, and I suspect I knew what the answer was. But hmm. out of respect to those listening who have sent those thank you uh, questions in, I felt I had to ask it uh, of you. And you've already mentioned the word mantra. So a number of people have also said, you know, uh, do you have a mantra? Do you have a philosophy that you live by? And I think in part you've answered that question already. But is there anything you'd add to the way you see life? What what's fulfilling for Elio Pace? What you're trying to achieve in it? And and the things you've yet to do. I really, I touched on it just now with that um, regret mantra, which I really think is so important. Mm. I signed a record deal um, 
huge record deal eventually when I was doing the Weekend Wogan show just after I finished the BBC Radio 2 thing. Um, and I knew this was going to end in tears. But I signed it anyway because I thought, if it doesn't end in tears, this is exactly what I want to do. And it ended in tears. Um, but at least I can say I don't regret what well, would have happened had I signed mm. that. So the regret thing is that, that living, you know, regretting the things you do rather than you don't do is so powerful to me. Mm. Also, what I said about my mother when you put me on the spot and we really did wing this and, I, and instantly my mum's thing of, you know, don't show off. Don't show off just because, you know, blah, blah, blah. you know, well done. You did a great job, but, you know, you still got a long way to go before you're as good as that lot. Yeah. And that really was, I, I thought that was a wonderful, I, I as I grow up now, older now, I think that's an, a, an amazing way to see life. Be humble. That's yeah. what she was telling me. Be humble. Yes, you are good. We can all see you're good, mm. but you're going to be better. And if you work harder, you will be better and you will achieve better things. So don't just go, whoa, 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 you know, I've just done this and, you know, enjoy that, but, but always move on. And that's what my mum taught me. Um, I really... I believe, thirdly, those two mantras, but I also believe that it's, for me personally, I want to leave something, you know, leaving a, a house for someone to split up the money of once I die is not an ambition of mine. Leaving something of beauty creatively is a legacy. Mm. That's, that's really what I'm about. Simple. I mean, go to my grave, never being a rich man. Uh, you know, hopefully I'll never be on the streets. I love what I do. I, I make enough money to have a great time with wonderful, brilliant, talented musicians and creative people around me. What more can I ask? I'm, I'm loved by my family, by my partner, um, by my daughter. Um, I, I love the, the songs I sing, the choices I make. And all I want to do is to create something beautiful that I'm proud of, that takes me as long as it takes for it to be as good as I need it to be, and then leave it behind and go, doesn't matter. Somebody somewhere will one day go, oh, this is nice. It? I, I must be awesome to have, you know, a DVD, a CD, yeah. a vinyl. I mean, it's around forever, isn't it? Yep. So um, there it is. I bought you a copy, to be honest. Look, there it is. Oh, how lovely There's are you? There's my Billy Joel wow. songbook. Thank you. This is, this is real studio stuff, isn't it? Really? Getting stuff out of a packet. There and, it is. It's true. You know, a bit of background noise and all the rest of it. There it is. Thank you so much. That's lovely. Um, we'll listen to those. So uh, we've we've touched on the fact that um, you talked about philosophies, about uh, success. What Another question that we've been asked by a lot of people is, we often hear people on the Sandra and Forte podcast talking of success and a lot of people find it very difficult to connect with them. I think that's the opposite in your case, Elio, because you're just such a grounded, humble guy. And that's people have trouble connecting with... Successful people, really successful people who've achieved amazing things. So one of the things that people are very interested to understand is when does it when it goes wrong, what do you fear? So that's part one. And the other thing is, where do you find your creativity from? Because there must be times you switch the phone off and you sit down at a keyboard and just go, it's nothing. I just can't. I mean, <laughs> yeah. what do I do? Do I go for a walk? Yeah. Do I have a cup of tea? Um, and, and I think the, the parallel, I think the question is, you know, when I get to a point in life or business where I can't see, I don't have a vision and I fear wherever it is I am, what do I do about it? I think that's that was really reading between the lines what I was getting from a few of the listeners who were saying, I need to find out from Elio when when it all goes wrong, 
or when they just there's an empty space and you rely so much on creativity to create all these amazing things that you've got. What do you do? How do you deal with it? Okay. This, what you're describing, happens a lot in our lives, everybody's life. So I'm just going to talk about it in my situation. As a musician, highs and lows. Like, I mean, again, I can't really go into details, but I've very recently, I had an opportunity handed to me on a plate, which was huge. And I mean, huge in every single way, professionally, financially, and legally, I can't say mm. what it was and what went wrong, but it was a horrible, nasty piece of the business that reared its ugly head that took this opportunity away from me. Um, in those situations, this is recently, in those situations, I honestly believe you don't put a sticking plaster over it. You deal with it. You wallow in that unhappiness. You you get angry. I mean, the lovely people around me will hear, my, my colleagues, my partner, my family, they'll hear how unhappy and how unfair I feel it all is. Because I... I, that's how I deal with my unhappiness. I don't bottle anything up. I don't. <laughs> I've got into trouble for not mm -hmm. doing that because I sort of generally tell it as it is. I don't like, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not good at leaving something, even, you know, something across the street I don't like or, or hearing somebody treat somebody a certain way. I, I, I can't just sit back. I will send a text. I will pick up the phone. Come on, will you, you know, <clears throat> I'm, I'm a, I'm a go to the issue person. I don't retreat. And so I'm I'm not afraid of feeling that 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 horribleness that that depressive you know oppressive feeling I I go bring it on this is this is the down bit I mean there's been amazing highs and there will be highs again that's the that's what somehow I've managed to do is to always know that I'm going to I'm going to be annoyed at this and I'm going to allow myself to be annoyed. I'm going to tell everyone I'm annoyed. Hmm. But at the same time, I also know that I have the power to make it better again. And that if and that opportunity that was taken away, it's okay. I, I have this thing of, I won't let the, you know, hmm. beat me. I won't let them grind me down. I will not be dictated to. I will not be told that I can't make a record unless I have a record deal and you've got loads of money. No, do you know what? I'll save some money and I'll make my own record. You're not going to tell me I can't be part of this industry. I'll do it myself. Mm. This is all my own money. I'm pointing to my own material here mm. on the on the. And so therefore I have that tenacious dog with a bone, slightly I'm not angry. I'm actually really happy because I've achieved so much by, by not allowing people to get me down. Admitting they do, I think, is the first step. Yeah. But then going, okay, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win another battle here. And I can see the battles there. And you know what? I'm going to circumnavigate this. Uh, I've, I've said what I need to say. I've, I've done what I need to do. I've wallowed in as much of this, but there's good, there is a way out, and I can see what it is. I'll tell you what. Um, do you know what we should do? Why don't we call them ourselves? Why don't we put this out ourselves? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm uh, I'm going to say this. I'm going to I find a way out of things. Uh, I'm good at that. 
And that's where going for a walk, that's where switching the phone off sometimes, that's where having wonderful, loving people around you mm. who understand you, who can see that you're troubled by that. They can just tell in the way you walk and the way you answer a simple question. Do you fancy fish or chicken tonight? I don't know, fish. You know, they can hear that, you know. Yeah. And we're all human. But I do believe that going to the problem is the best thing to do. Sitting, letting it fester, letting it build, mm. whatever it's making you feel inside, let it out. Mm. We we have a very similar philosophy on that one. Right. Um, Good. Character, I, this, is, this is one I've been thinking about, and you've touched on this already, so this is the obvious time to ask you this, Elio. Uh, particularly given your industry, you've mentioned the word depressive, oppressive. Uh, what is the worst human character trait uh, that you've experienced? In other words, if if we could remove something from human society wow. with a magic wand in an instant, what would be the one thing that you'd uh, that you try to remove? And I guess I suppose the opposite side, the flip side of that one is, and what's the one thing we'd love to inject into human society if they could all have one character trait that they didn't have before? It's a big question, isn't it? I, it is, I wish you'd emailed me at least to think about <laughs> this know. for two minutes. That's cheating. That's absolutely okay. cheating. Okay, all right. Um, I, well, I, by, the, I, by I, the way, by the way, um, this is not being recorded. So we, we edit, so you can have a pause for a minute. Okay. Okay, if you want to just think about it. Oh, okay. Robin and, and uh, Rachel, just get rid of that little bit. Hello, Robin, Rachel. Yeah. Um, so if you want to think about it, it's fine. No, it's like, no I don't mind. I, yeah. No, I don't mind being put on the spot at all. Um well, they have to edit it now because we've just mentioned the names. That wouldn't sound right on the podcast, okay. but... Okay, so... So just dive one in whenever okay, you're ready. Okay. One of the things that drives me mad is incompetence. <laughs> I know, and it's it's a funny... It normally, that word normally gets that response, a little giggle, incompetence. Oh, aren't people silly sometimes? But I tell you what, incompetence... Let me define what I feel that is. That is professional people who say they can do a job who get paid to do a job, who you've entrusted to do a job at the highest level, and they don't do it properly. They can't do it properly. It doesn't matter how much they train, they will never be able to do it properly, and yet they do that job. And that job stands in the way of your success. Mm. That incompetence, incompetence in business, is one of the things that drives me mad. I always, when I when I meet it, and I meet it far too many times, I say, can you imagine me turning up to do a show? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Elio Pace. And I walk on, start the Billy Joel songbook. And I go, start it. And I, well, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Can we, can we stop? Sorry. Can we, do you mind if I just walk in again? Sorry, do the intro again. Go. Go, okay, and come in and do that. And then do it again 10 minutes later. Sorry, sorry. Do you know what? I always forget that second verse. Can we just go back to, imagine if that was how I, that's incompetence. Well, that is prevalent, I'm afraid, in business, in people, in human nature, in mm. humankind, that people sort of blag in it. They blag their way through life. And you meet these people who, who, will never admit they're blagging it, but you, I can smell it a mile away. I can Like I can hear a great singer mm. in the first five notes they sing. Oh, she's brilliant. He's brilliant. What a great song. You can hear that. Great songwriter. I can smell incompetence in someone and someone who's blagging 
straight away. I'm unnerved by the amount of eye contact you're using here when you talk about <laughs> incompetence. <laughs> you are nothing like that at all, Mr. Forte. So, 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 so the lovely thing yeah. that, we, um, that we should inject, that you're just saying something that we don't have. Well, or, or just a character trait that you love in people, but not everyone possesses. In, in other words, if you could make everyone have it, something that would kind of transform human society or the world in which we live. Open-mindedness. Oh, nice. That's a good one. Like that. That, that simply open-mindedness. Just people accepting something they don't know much about and trusting a professional mm. or trusting other people to help them understand I mean, this, I know what everyone's thinking. You could put that into everything, can't yeah, you? Yeah. Every politics to, to, to music. Well, to... It, it would cut out procrastination in a, in a instant, oh. wouldn't it? There's so many, so many different benefits and connotations. Just that have an open, to be open minded. Um, you know, I've, 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 I've witnessed it a lot where people, you know, in our business, in the music business, with commercial radio the way it is, sorry, I'm, I'm not going to get onto a high horse thing or a soapbox, a soapbox, but the lack of open-mindedness when it comes to new artists, new music, how old that person is, what, you know, um, what, what gender that person is, I think it, it, it's, it's killing mm. music. It's killing our business. Uh, you know, I can't speak for other people's business, but it's killing our business. We're so pigeonholed. Because most people driving around right now, listening to commercial radio, you know, the people that put that music on the radio or the people that write or do those playlists, whether it's for national radio or commercial local radio, they they have to, their bosses are saying, no, don't go off the beaten track. You know, you can't, you can't ever at two o'clock in the afternoon mm. on national radio ever play something that isn't completely commercially minded yeah. that the people, the guy in his white van driving up and down, he doesn't want to hear an album track off this thing or this new art. They want to hear what, you know, because they we can't afford them for them to turn over or tune into something else. Mm. That's just one strand of it. The, uh, the lack of open-mindedness in our lives where people go, do you know what? I don't. I, I love, I, you know, I love Casey and the Sunshine Band, right? But sort of, I've heard it a million times. Wouldn't mm. it be great if if they started the show with something else? Yeah, Billy Joel. Whenever you hear Billy Joel on the radio, they play the same three or four songs. Yeah. Uptown Girl, tell her about it. Sometimes Piano Man, and that's basically it, isn't it? Well, <laughs> you know. Wouldn't it be lovely if some producer went, you know what, I think we should play a Billy Joel. It's his 70th birthday. Let's play, you know, the Ballad of Billy the Kid. Mm. So, and not fear that somebody at one o'clock in the afternoon driving, listening to local BBC this or or, or Magic this or whatever it is, isn't going to turn off because, oh, I don't know this Billy mm. Joel song. Be open-minded. Yeah. It's Billy Joel. Why don't you listen to something new? You might, you might lose a listener, but gain three. So, do you know what? And you might get some respect. I think, you know, I'm, and I don't know. I've I've sort of half given up on radio. I listen to talk radio a lot now. Mm. You know, at least listen to human beings interact with each other. Uh, that's slightly depressing as well. Sometimes. And of course, you're tuning in every week to the Sandra Falls every podcast. single week. No, that's that's what I do when yeah. I switch the phone. Just off, nod your head earlier. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, um, before I ask you the question, which I think about twenty odd people have asked me. Uh, and that's the three guests you'd have for dinner. Mm. 
just to come back to you on the two points, the human trait, I hate hypocrisy. I cannot bear hypocrites. Oh. I, look, we all make mistakes and we all have rules. Uh, but yeah. when you say something to me and then you do the complete same thing yourself, I, I just can't get my head around it. And kindness for me would be the thing I'd inject into more just kindness, humans, whether it's charitable giving, helping other people. So um, yeah. anyway, I think we share a similar philosophy. Yeah, no, we absolutely so three do. guests for dinner. You don't have to do the cooking and we'll, we'll excuse your, your girlfriend because of course she'd yeah. be an invitee. And, okay, she would be and, there. And possibly other members of your family. Present but, company excluded? Present company. I will let you off that one. I wouldn't have believed you if you'd said me anyway. Alive so. or dead? Is this uh, Anything you like. Anything oh, really? you like, yeah. Just people have inspired you, I think, is really where I tell you, this I one's coming from. i tell you who I absolutely love, I think is one of the most important people alive. Ricky Gervais. Well, I've I recently watched Afterlife. Now everyone would go, "What? That's like three years old." I only just recently watched. I haven't it. watched it yet, uh, and it but is I've amazing. Heard, yeah, amazing. But um, that guy, did you see his uh, his Golden Globe speech from? <laughs> well, I yes, yeah. I watched it about eight times. I couldn't believe it. Mm. Um, what saddens me is that will things ever change anyway? When somebody so blatantly is sitting up there. You know, oh, they're jokes, they're jokes. They're jokes, but it's true. Mm. What you're saying is totally true. You know, all of that stuff. I love Ricky Gervais. Um, the Invention of Lying is one of my favourite films. The audacity to put that film together and to put that message together. I don't know if you've seen it. It's it's absolutely, I think he's amazing. I, I think what he did and what he's done. I've heard about Afterlife. Amy goes on about Afterlife. He got, I said, I want to watch it. I want to watch it. But I just finding the time to do it. I don't actually watch television. I never switch the television on. That's what, actually one thing I never do. Yeah. Not even for news. I get my news here and there and everywhere, you know. Um, I suppose, <laughs> along with Ricky Gervais, I'm going to go with Stephen Fry because I think he's equally as funny. and uh, He's very bright. He's ridiculous. There's not too many subjects he couldn't cover. Yeah. I I'm basically want to sit at dinner and not have to say a word with anyone. I want to be... Well, I, I don't believe... <laughs> no, how is I that do. possible? Well, with people like Ricky Gervais and and and, uh, and Stephen Fry, I think you're going to get there. These two yeah. can take it away yeah. and they can inject, you know, the, both of those guys. Um, I'm going to say, uh, without looking back into history too much, um, oh, wow. Can I, can I come back? I'll come back to the third. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. That's absolutely fine. Um, any specific goals and aspirations that you've got now? Um, I, I suppose it'd be very easy for you to go, you know what, I've, I've achieved yeah. so much and I'm just going to kind of enjoy my retirement. And But, you know, you're still clearly very driven. Yeah. You're very creative. There's always something new I have, I bubbling have one, away. I have one big ambition. I actually have a couple, but, but the big one that's in my head a lot at the moment is that I really want to get back to writing my own material. I love Billy Joel's music. I've dedicated so much of my life and I will continue to do so because I do believe this guy's music is the greatest songbook. I think he's the greatest singer-songwriter. Um, and we're going to do another albums tour this year of another two albums. See, with open-minded people who are prepared to come and watch a show in a theatre mm. and know they're not going to get Just The Way You Are or Uptown Girl because we're doing albums albums of songs most of those songs most of those songs have never been played live in this country and some never ever by billy joel so the album's show is a really lovely satisfying gig where of the 12 studio albums he made 
we've done four. We've got eight to do. We're doing another one this year. Um, I want to get back, though, to writing my own material. I have this ambition that by the time I'm 60, that's eight years, I'd like to have, I've got one album so far of my own material and it served me well. I've had covers off it. Um, the, the music's been um, used on television and radio. Um, I want to write more. I want to be able to get a little bit closer to those 12 albums that Billy Joel had. And at least, maybe in the next eight years, realistically, three more, three or four more, maybe. Mm. And then see where we are at 60. And does Billy, make it. Does Billy like his stuff? Uh, Billy is, uh, he does, actually. He likes, he's fully aware. As you can see from this, we won this award here yeah. in New York. Which I know you're very proud of, and rightly so. You don't go to New York and win Billy Joel Awards when you're British. It's like a, sort of like a British invasion thing. Mm. So they all know about it. I say they, the Billy Joel camp, yeah. the band, the management. They all know about this. They know about me, this band, the show. They're fully aware of it. Um, I have had three or four messages sent to me via other people saying Billy's fully aware of what you're doing and he's fully aware of that it's great work that you're doing. So, have you ever met him? I've never met him, but I have spoken to him. Back in 93, when he was releasing the River of Dreams album, the last Billy Joel pop album, he came over to Britain to do a question and answer thing in London. And I got some tickets to go to that and it was being uh, uh, filmed and, and recorded for radio, Radio 2 uh, or Radio 1. Um, and at some point halfway through the evening i uh i put my hand up along with 800 people every single time okay next question people with microphones running around and i was like yeah you know oh i missed it this time next hey billy and eventually i went billy and he went ah oh, okay the squeaky cook gets the goose okay so the microphone came up to me and i, I got to ask him a question um and uh, and that was it. That's the. Only That's an even more extraordinary tribute to his music. The fact you've not actually <laughs> met him. Um, I I I was almost reluctant to ask you the question because I thought, no, nah, he must have done no. again open mindedness. So yeah, um, uh, can I can I uh, just point out that somehow uh, we've now lost another half an hour of our lives chatting, <laughs> and it seems like five minutes again. We might even have to make this a three part because I'm still my head's full of a million questions. Um, so have you thought of that third guest yet? Um, I know you're really struggling with it because you keep looking at me thinking, I can't see past Sandro. He's, he'd have to be the third. Well, look, look, I mean, I could sit, I, you know, there's, I would have dinner guests galore. There's loads and loads of people, people back in history. That I could, you know, I, I would love, I'd love to have a chat with Leonardo da Vinci. He painted the Mona Lisa and he knew a woman Lisa, who comes from my mum's hometown, I'd like to I'd like to know more about Lago Negro through him um, and stuff. Um, I'd love to. I'd love to. Well, we'll get, we'll I'm get... going to say Billy Joel. I'm going to say Billy Joel, Sandro, only because I do think he's a genius. I do think he's a musical genius. I'd love to get to the. I'd like to talk to him in the same way that you're talking to me. The way that I don't hear anybody talking to Billy Joel. I want to get into his mind mm. in a way that I've never heard an interview done. So the next podcast will have to be, right, on the 52-seater bus, who would, who would the passengers be? Because it sounds to me as if you've got a big, long list. I have, I have. Yeah, loads of people. Well, bless you. Um, time is against us, unfortunately. People expect these to be half an hour and they get a bit cross if they end up being 40, 45 minutes. Sorry. But look, it's been, it's been spectacularly joyful. Uh, I'm always uplifted every time I see you, I speak to you, and I know 
from all the, the, the amazing emails and requests to have you back, uh, the, the listeners feel the same. So, thank you. Elio Pace, thank you so much again, sincerely, for joining us My today. My absolute pleasure. Thank you to all the listeners and thank you for your questions. And Sandra, thank you for being uh, so, so kind to me. And good luck for, not that you need any luck, but good luck for your upcoming trip, which yep. I know is a testing one. A testing um, one. And yep. everything you do in yep. your career, which is an amazing one, and, and credit to all that you do and for all that you give to so many people, Elio. Well, I'm just, I'm just glad I have the health to sing songs and make people happy, whatever, it, whatever songs they are. Uh, I'm just privileged to be in this position and uh, I absolutely love my job. And I think, as I say, what is it? Who said you, you, you choose a job you love, you never do a day's work in your life. Mm. That's exactly how I feel. Long may it continue. Thank you. Thank you once again for joining us on the Sandro Forte podcast. I have run out of superlatives to describe Elio Pace. And remember, every week we do have a new guest, probably not as good as Elio, of course. Of course. Uh, sharing their own <laughs> insights into achieving success, overcoming life's challenges. Please make sure you keep those questions coming. And if you want to email us, of course, hello at Sandro's podcast is the email address. And remember two other things. Connect with me, Sandro Forte, Real Sandro Forte on Instagram. Please leave a review on iTunes and connect with us again next week. Bye for now. Thank you.